Yo, what's happening with what's happening? Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. I'm Fred. This is the show we talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, bro? Oh, man, I'm going through it right now, bro. Uh, I decided to try to fast for the first time. Um, and I'm doing a straight water, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I ain't eating five days. Oh, you, know you doing it? You doing a fast, fast? <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Straight water. You know what I mean? So, and I'm only gonna do it for I said two weeks, but I don't know if I was really prepared for this. So I was like, I ain't gonna suck her out like in three days or something. So I was like, I'll finish the week out, try to regroup and try it again i eventually want to be able to make it a full 30 days you know what i'm saying you know what's so funny can't make this up i was thinking to myself um earlier today that i want to start tomorrow literally started tomorrow i'm gonna go back to intermittent fasting for a while <clears throat> now i'm gonna do intermittent fasting i'm gonna eat ain't no mm-mm. ain't no cutting that out i'm, I'm gonna eat because Mm-mm, no, but see, what I can do is with the intermittent fast, and I've done this in the past, where you just take a certain block of the day. What I haven't decided is, because I just so happen to just jump into it, I think I'm going to go, what's the math, 14 to 10, 14 off, 10 on. Uh, when I did it last, I did, you know, 16 off and 8 on, so all my meals were between 11 and 7. Now, when I was doing that, my work schedule was way different. And this was back in like summer 2020. Steph wasn't working. It was just um, the COVID thing and all that was at its height and blah, blah, blah. And um, you know, my, my work day was starting at eight. So I was doing 11 to seven. I was working from home eight to five. Steph had dinner ready by 5.30 every single day. I was tired by the time like nine o'clock came anyway so like that was a cool way to do it now that she's back to work and she's working overnight and i got these kids here at night i don't know if i can go 16 and 8 so i think so i was literally just saying today i'm gonna do 14 to 10 i'm gonna go 11 to 9 and then um you know during your off periods it's just water and black coffee which is so funny and it works because all your boy drinks is water and black coffee. So we in there. And for in case this probably ain't gonna make it on video, but I just showed uh, Fred a, uh, a a cup of black coffee. But I didn't just show Fred a cup of black coffee. I showed our first guest. Well, not our first guest, but our, our first guest for this new series that we started last week. I told y'all that uh, I was excited for what we're doing in March, and I said that March was the hint. And that's all I left it there. But um, you may know, you should know, and if you don't know, you're definitely going to know that March is Women's History Month. So here on What's Happening, we are doing this brand new series called Women Making History. So what we're going to do uh, every episode for the month of March, we're going to talk to, some, uh, to some, some women that you may not know, you may know, you may not know, but women that are making history uh, in their own way, uh, we got to get, we got to hear from them, 
you know, what they've gone through, how they do it, why they do it. And, uh, yeah, what, how, and why. I think that's what we're going to cover. And uh, our first guest is um, an up-and-coming celebrity, I'm going to say. Um, this is a person I've known for, what is it, nine years now? Eight or nine years, for sure. Um, I think we actually, I think we started working together in 2014. So I think that's when we first knew each other. But, um, you know, I just see like I got a new follower on Insta on uh, TikTok a couple weeks ago. Like, oh, that's Miss Andrea. That's awesome. I follow Andrea back. Just follow back. Just hit the follow back notification on TikTok. Didn't look at the account, nothing like that. But now she's popping up on my, on my FYP. And there's a video saying that I don't know how I got fifty thousand of y'all following me, and I'm like, how in the hell did you get fifty thousand <laughs> followers already? So, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the one, the only, Andrea Witt. Andrea, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing so good. And my first question is, how in the hell did you get 50,000 followers on TikTok? <laughs> oh, you got to show a little bit more booty if you want to get that many followers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I think a lot of women like boudoir. And I'm weird. I'm a lady with a pink mohawk, you know? I think it's a lot about listening for trending sounds and making content that works for you. And a lot of people are interested in boudoir, so... When they see that I'm a boudoir photographer, they're like, "Oh yeah, follow." Yeah. So let's let's dive into that. So you know, tell our listeners that may not know you about your business. Perfect. Yeah. So I am what I would consider like a luxury boudoir studio in Cleveland. Um, and so I'm a photographer, but I did not just start like with boudoir. I kind of did a little bit of everything, and it was sort of like I played around with each type of photography. But once I found boudoir, I think that I fell in love with it because of what it does for women. So even though like, I always tell people I'm a boudoir photographer by trade, but a light worker by design. And like, for me, it's all about making women feel better, if that makes sense. So like, you know, a lot of times people have no idea what boudoir photography is. And like, if my husband tries to explain it, you know, everybody's like, was that warm or I don't know what y'all post on here or what you share what kind of uh, conversations you have but like you know it's nothing like that it's just women who come to my studio and they have a safe space to like express themselves and reconnect with like that sexual side of them without feeling like they're gonna get labeled or you know what I mean definitely yeah. so go ahead it. No, I, w I would say, I mean, I, I agree. It's that safe space that, you know, she was talking about because, you know, when they get them, they share them with who they feel comfortable sharing with. Some people share them with social media, some don't. You know, some of them are making different, you know, ideas. Um, my lady, she does arts and crafts, so you see it a lot where they might want to put it on um, anything from underwear to shirts to a puzzle or what have you, you know, of those photos. And so it's, it's different ways to intertwine those photos, you know, with other ways of art and sharing it with the ones they're comfortable with. So I was just, you know, kind of just nodding and agreeing, but you can have it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah awesome. I think I love that part about it because, not to interrupt you, but like, 
I have so many women who come in and they're like school teachers or their grandmas or like, you know, people, lawyers, even like people, police officers, like you name it. And like women trust me enough to come in and show me a side of them that exists within them that they don't feel safe showing to the rest of the world. You know, whether they don't want to be judged or they don't want their character to be, you know, looked at differently than what it really is. I mean, so for me, it's like, as I've kind of gone through this journey, it's, it's more than just taking pictures, which I love to do. So like it hits that creative spark for me that I need, but also just being able to know that these women literally leave my studio and feel like, Oh, Hey, there's that part of me I thought didn't exist anymore. You know? Absolutely. Um, you mentioned that, or at least maybe I misheard you. Did you say it, it originally started as a hobby or? Oh yeah. 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 So I bought my first camera and like, I had to convince my husband to let me do it because I have a really good habit of like saying, Hey, this looks cool. And then spending a bunch of money on it and trying it and being like, Oh, I hate this. I'm never going to do it again. So, you know, when I wanted to drop a couple grand on a camera, my husband's like, really, <laughs> are you sure? Um, but no, it ended up being, you know, something that I was super passionate about. And so I was like totally self-taught. And I think that that like me discovering this and turning it into a business, like a very successful business was proof to me that you just have to find something you enjoy doing. Like that's what they always, that's what they mean when they say, find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. Like they mean it literally find what you like to do, figure out a way to make a profit on it or make a good living from it. And you feel like you can't stop. Like I can't get enough. I'll pick up my camera right now and I could go for hours, you know? Definitely, definitely. That's that's dope. And I and I agree also with that, you know, find something you love. It's kinda one thing when I was back in management and I would, you know, tell some of my employees, just because we're selling phones, you know, it might not be for you, you know what I mean? Because you might not have an interest in electronics. You gotta find what interests you if you really want to be happy at what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's gonna be hard to make a lot of money, you know, selling phones if you genuinely don't like what you do. You know, people are like, well, you know, but you're so good at it. It wasn't the fact of the phones. I mean, heck, I sold cameras back there. We sold TVs, laptops. It was the fact that I enjoy having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people and getting to know different people from all walks of life that came across me. That's what intrigued me. So I just always wanted to spark a conversation with them. So it, to me, I was just walking around a store all day. You know what I mean? It, it didn't feel like work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I sold a lot of phones, but I was just really walking around talking to people, just having fun. Yeah, Somebody your perspective on it is so different. Like that, yeah. that makes a big impact on, on how much like pleasure you take out of what you do, right? Like you make your own reality and your reality was, it wasn't, hey, I'm here and I hate this job. When can I go home? It was... Hey, who can I help? What can I, what stories can I hear? And you made it a good experience. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's the same way. You just find that little niche and what you like. And then you find, like you said, how to be able to make a living off of it. You know, it, it, it translates to, to almost anything. Cause sometimes you find your niche inside other jobs or companies or just picking up something and saying, Hey, let me try it. You know, everybody catches their niche differently. You know, it's, just depending on who you are. Yeah, agree. So 
I remember you posting something on Facebook about a month or so ago. There was some sort of list that came out, and um, yeah. you were ranked pretty. Uh, I think you were pretty high on that list. You want to maybe you want to refresh? May or may not have been number one. I'm just saying. I uh, yeah. Number one on what now? It was uh, number one boudoir photographer in Cleveland. Oh. and you know what the funniest thing about it was um i actually the only reason that i even saw that list was because another one of my boudoir photographer friends shared it because she was on the list and so i was like oh damn good for her let me click on this number one i'm like i'm sorry (laughs) what what when was anybody gonna tell me this (laughs) so it was really cool but that's what i love too is like within the boudoir community and not everybody, but most female photographers in this industry, we support each other, right? Like there's a healthy community over competition. Like I'm not going to sit down and tell them all of my business secrets, but I, I am going to support them, you know? So that's what I love about it is so many of us women, we're here for the same thing. And that's to uplift other women, whether it's a client or it's somebody that's pretty much a competitor. So have you shot uh or photos in more than just Cleveland? Have you have it took you outside of Cleveland to shoot? Well, I'm actually so I I stay pretty local. Um, I don't go anywhere else. But with TikTok, I have had some out of state clients now. So I mean, I have definitely a farther reach. But as far as clients who have actually traveled to see me, I think I've had um, Michigan, New York, Pennsylvania, Indiana. Um, South Carolina, a couple others. But yeah, I mean, it's been really cool because never in my wildest dreams, you know, if you go back to the me that met Bradley, like never would I have thought that I would be where I am, let alone having clients travel, like get on a whole ass plane just to see me to take their pictures, you know? So it's like, it's just crazy to me. Should be. <laughs> that, that's dope. It's so. Amazing. So when did it did it strike you that you were like, because you said, you know, you had to talk to your husband and get him to um, approve on a two thousand dollar camera with still like, wow, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it's when not did cheap. It, yeah, I, well, I, I understand. I, mean, I, I ain't gonna say I got a little rinky dink camera, but when I look at lenses, I be like, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lens. What, is, what are you doing? But yeah, um, when did it dawn on you? Like, okay, I could do this full time. Just forget about it. Well, I think that's like a really interesting question. So for me, I knew I could never get sick of doing it, and I enjoyed doing it. But you know, there's two parts of this. There's knowing how to be a good photographer. And there's also knowing how to run a successful business. And a lot of times people in the creative industry, like myself, we know what how to do the thing we're good at. But we don't always pay attention to running a business, whether it's setting it up properly, you know, making the right decisions, you know, and I, I think especially in this industry, people do not price themselves accordingly, because they have this belief that, if you're doing something that you actually enjoy doing, how dare you make a good wage doing it? You know, it's almost like our society has brainwashed us to believe that we should all be starving artists. And I joined a bunch of communities. And so basically what would happen is um, I would work my desk job Monday through Friday. 
Um, and then on the weekends, I would do photography. And then I was in all these communities and there are these photographers making six figures. And I'm just like, how on earth are they doing this? Like, there's no freaking way, you know? But I realized that that was a limiting belief that I had and that I was just sort of selling myself short on it. So then I just kind of got to a point where I literally hated going to my, my job and it wasn't anything about my job. It was just, I knew that that wasn't fulfilling me, that I was not, you know, living my purpose essentially. So I did the math one time. I just sat down and I was like, okay, I need to make X, Y, Z in order to leave my job, yada, yada, yada. And then I sort of did that. So I had my daughter and then I was on maternity leave and I was like, okay, this is my test. If I can make this amount that I wrote down that magic number, then I don't have to go back. But I was like, just making that, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, okay, I'm just hitting it. But I, I'm like, I need to do more. So I hired a business coach and that completely changed my life. I mean, I, it, it was like zero to a thousand, like immediately. So, you know, going on that little uh, rant there, looking to somebody that knew the secrets that I didn't know is such a big thing. And I feel like you should do that no matter what you're interested in. If you can find somebody, you say, I don't know how to do this. Who does? And you find a mentor that is where you're, you want to be like that will change your life. But a lot of people are afraid to commit and invest in stuff like that. But it's like, if you, if something is missing to get you to your success, find somebody living the life that you want and see what they know. Like, you know what I mean? So I think once I did that and I, once I had somebody to look at and see that it was possible and to tell me like what I'm doing and what I'm missing, bye. <laughs> like that's it, it was done. <laughs> but that's you know, we, we have so much self-doubt, especially when we're like on our own and like you don't have a boss that's gonna bail you out if you mess up. Like if you mess up, you don't eat, like you don't get paid. So having somebody to like, be like, yeah, that's it. Do this, do that, do that. And then let you fly. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's one small gem that you wouldn't mind sharing that your your business coach gave you that, you know, kind of help you look at your your business different? I, I'm not saying the major one, but just a small gem if you can. Um, I will say probably the one that's the most impactful to me in that even after I hired her. So I hired her and I had a big shift. But what I what I realized was that I was coming from a lack mentality a lot of times and a lack mindset. And so a lot of times you stress yourself out about being like, I have to make this sale and funds are running low and all this stuff. So you start like thinking, I need money, I need money. But what I did was I stopped worrying about how much I was making per client and focusing hard, hard, hard on the service of my clients. So I think that that's such a beneficial piece of advice to anybody that's looking to run a business. If you stop stressing about the money and you start really thinking, how can I better show up and serve my clients? The money will just come as a result of it. And, you know, I like to talk about money a lot. I'm really passionate about it because I feel like people think that money is evil, but it's not. It's just a, a belief that we've all been sort of brainwashed to, to have and like, I think that we get caught up on, on money a lot, but it's really just a matter of, I take great care of my clients. I make my clients feel incredible. And in return, I make a good living. And like, why can't you have both? You know what I mean? 
So that's a that's a lot from uh, that's a lot of awesome nuggets from Andrea, the business owner. Uh, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about about Andrea, the person. You know, something that I know about you is that just from knowing you for as long as I've known you, um, you are passionate about making women feel or that women should feel empowered and strong. What's your, what's your motivation behind that? Hmm. Well, I think you kind of have an advantage because whether you know it or not, you knew me at a time where I was like, I don't know if you know the version of me that I really was if that makes sense. Like your perspective of me at that time in my life, I was so lost. I was like such a lost puppy. I was so, I had no self-confidence. Um, I had no idea who I was. I was still trying desperately to fit the mold and to be what everybody else wanted me to be. And I feel like, I don't know if I hit it well or if, if it wasn't obvious back then. Um, but I'm, I'm really passionate about it because I, for the first time in my life, I'm, you know, I'm 31, right? So the first time ever, I feel comfortable with who I am. And I don't feel like I have to constantly water myself down or put on any kind of a front to make people like me because the people that I want in my life are going to like me just as I am, if that makes sense. But it took me a really long time to get here, right? Like, I'm the kind of woman with a very strong personality. I am not going to be the type that sits down and, you know, is quiet. I'm opinionated. I'm, you know, all the things, right? But I have women who come in and they're, they get to let down their front, too, when they're with me. Because they know that I'm not going to judge them. Uh, they know that they can be who they want to be. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's, that's why I'm passionate about it because I struggled with it myself for so long, like, but it's so hard to get there on your own without somebody being an example of it, if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Like what I realized was like, it's, it was scary and vulnerable for me to show up as the lady with the Mohawk, right? Like I use that as the perfect example because I freaking love this haircut, okay? And I can't tell you how many women will comment on my hair, like to the point where my nine-year-old, if we're out in public, he's like, oh, God, like so many people, right? And I always <laughs> tell him, I'm always like, buddy, do you know why? Like, it's because there are so many women who would be terrified to get this because how many men in their life would be like, I prefer women with long hair or, you know what I mean? So if you don't fit the mold, you don't fit that box that you, that society expects you to be in. And that's not how we're all made. And so the longer you like hold yourself back from being who you are, the less likely you are to you know serve your purpose here. And by me being vulnerable and showing up and doing things I like, cause I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just having fun. It inspires other women to feel like they can do that too, if that makes sense. Definitely. So as a person, you, I mean, for you, it's just really more about you helping more women embrace their natural self or who they want to be. That's, that's really what your driven goal behind it is. You know, I mean, yeah, you like taking pictures, you know, but the empowerment that that you feel that you give women is probably 
priceless compared to, you know, take photos. Nailed it. Yep, exactly. And I think that like, yes, I take pictures, but I tell my, my clients and my ladies all the time, like what really lights my fire is the fact that I can watch your face and I can see you transform. Like I know I can see that switch that goes off for you. And whether you want to talk about it or not, I know you leave feeling better. You know what I mean? So like, that's why I always love talking to you, Bradley, because like, I love how deep, you know, you are. And, and I love the way that your, your mind is always working on all the different angles. And, and I have to realize that not everybody is a deep thinker like that. So I try to give women space, but it's that satisfaction of knowing that they leave feeling better. <laughs> that that's it for me. Definitely. That's dope. I mean, I could I could see it. You know, they probably come in timid, you know, shy, you know, and, and until you're like, you know, they hit a pose and you're probably like, Okay, how can I, you know what I'm saying, take that pose and make it just a little more like you probably wouldn't do this, you know what I'm saying, ever in your lifetime, but let's let's try it. And then they, yep. you know, they start just you know, it just flows. So I, I get it. Um, that's pretty dope. So I, w- I would say um, as a person, if you was to put it in words, like how would you tell a woman it's okay versus like a lot of times you show it with what you do. If you could only tell a person, like right now, somebody's going to listen to this podcast, it might be another woman. She can't see you. How would you tell her to empower her in the same way that you do with your photos? Um, I would say you have to just follow your intuition. Like, trust yourself. We are, I feel like we all have sort of this inner guidance, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Um, but you know when you're not living your authentic self. It doesn't feel good. You know, you know, when you're doing something that doesn't feel right, like we all know what that feels like. So, you know, if you can just be mindful and, and just check in on how you're feeling, you know, just see if it feels like you or if it feels like it doesn't, then ask, why are you doing it? Right. I mean, there's just so many different tidbits that I could break that into. But I love when clients come in because they always kind of tell me their life story. Right. And I love that. It's literally my favorite. I want to know who they are. I, I love hearing about what they've been through because I cannot tell you how many of us women have gone through similar events. And so for me, it's been like, but, but nobody talks about it. So we all kind of feel alone. So I know how similar we all are. And, you know, I always kind of push them back. I like to give people food for thought, right? So I'm like, but why does that matter if they, if they like you or not? Or do you know what I mean? Like, so I usually, mm-hmm. one-on-one, I'm always trying to, not push them out of their thinking, but give them another way to think about it. Because a lot of times it doesn't, it doesn't just pop up for them like it does for me, right? But I think we get on autopilot. I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but our brains are so powerful and we just, we get into autopilot and it's like we can't stop thinking these thoughts. But how many of our thoughts are actually ours or how many of our thoughts have been projected on us our whole life that we've adapted as ours. That's deep. I mean, you can use that for anything, not just women, you know, any of your beliefs, a belief, you know, we have beliefs and a lot of times it's, we're not mindful enough to know if they're really ours or, or 
have we ever questioned those beliefs, whether it's the people that raised us, you know, is this right or wrong, that kind of thing. Definitely. I mean, it, it probably won't be as many people to challenge that, but you will get a select few who, you know, will. Um, I think that may be a little harder for some, um, but it, it shouldn't be. Um, and, I, and I get exactly, you know what I'm saying, how that could hinder somebody down the road who, you know, it's it's kind of like how we always say, Bradley, like, you know, you're supposed to go to school, you know, get a degree, work till you 65 and die. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's pretty much the same aspect, you know what I'm saying? But if you don't try to change that, you know, or do something different or, like you said, just test the theory to see if that's, like, really, you know, for you because that's, that's not for everybody, you know. So, I mean, I commend you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, commend your whole community because, you know, I, I, I've i heard of, you know, Bador shooting. Um, I, I'm not going to say, like, I, I knew exactly why. You know, I just, just felt like it was just women who like to, you know, take, you know, sexy pictures for whatever their reason was. So, which is, you know fine with me but I, I didn't you gave it more of a meaning like uh, understanding you know because I know there's different parts of photography but most people wouldn't understand the reasoning for the different parts yeah so, I love that that's awesome I appreciate that you, you definitely cleared that up for me well thank so, you I'm, I'm gonna pull it back to the business for a second <laughs> you post some pictures of your of, of your work Mm-hmm. When it comes to posting those pictures, do you tell your clients when they sign an agreement, you may use the pictures uh, for your website for social oh, media? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. No, so I, the only pictures I share are people who explicitly sign a model release form. So what I do is I have, you know, every time the client gets their images, they pick out their favorites and then, you know, everything's good to go. I always send them the release form and they get to choose. So there's an option that's like, no, you know, you can, some people will choose to share anonymously. So like if it's just a, a butt shot or something, or you can't see their face, they're okay with it. So there's different parameters for it, but I never ever just expect people to share. So what I'll do is like, if I'm running low on work, I will host a model call. And so I'll have people come in knowing that they're going to be allowing me to share and for exchange or to exchange with that, then I give them a discount. So it's like, if I ever needed more work to be able to share, I would just get add a couple more shoots to like create some stuff. So my follow up question to that is, what if it's some of the reactions uh, from from some of your clients that have had a picture posted that maybe they didn't know was getting posted on a certain day or I don't think I've ever really run into that. The, I can only think of one time where I had a client who was sort of back and forth on it. And I told her, I was like, if you're even questioning it, don't like, honestly, it's not a big deal. Just check. No, it's totally fine. And so she was like, I love this picture. And she like screenshotted me one of her photos and she said, you can share that one. I love this one. It's, you know, perfect. 
And then, so I have a marketing team and they um, run my advertisements for me and they run Facebook ads. And she <laughs> messaged me and she was like, um, I know I told you that you could use this picture, but my aunt Susie or whatever just messaged me <laughs> like, I just saw your face for this ad. What is this? You know? And I, I felt so bad and she was totally understanding because she's like, listen, it's not a big deal. So I had them remove it immediately and then I updated her form and stuff. But but no, I'm always really cautious about that because and, and like if somebody has, for example, every once in a while I'll have people do this for a gift. So whether it's like they're getting married or it's like anniversary or something, honestly, all the women who come in, it's something that they want to do for themselves. But some of us women need that like, hey, it's also going to make a great anniversary gift. It's like they need something else to benefit their significant other in order for them to justify coming to see me. So if that's the case, I always know deadlines and I'm not going to like spoil the fun or like, honestly, if their significant other is watching my page and sees their picture, <laughs> I might be more concerned that they're just following my page <laughs> and they don't know that their significant other is coming in. But... <laughs> So on the flip side to Bradley's last question, um, how many times have you, you know, shared a picture and maybe it got blown up with likes or hearts or what, what have you? And uh, this is the thing that I asked that I intended the question to come out in. <laughs> and, and you know, the 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 girl hits you back and say, the woman hits you back and say, "Hey, look, you know, I appreciate you for sharing my picture. Like, I never thought it would get that much. You know, what I'm saying love. Like, I really thank you. Like, it that helps me more feeling comfortable in what I did. You know, or whatever like that. You know." I feel like, so I don't think I've ever actually had anybody like contact me directly, but I love it because I. I specifically like don't tag them. So it's the picture, even if it shows their face, I don't want to tag their account because like if they want their account oh, yeah, links, yeah. that's fine. But unfortunately anybody can find it and then, you know, send them yeah. a little DM or whatever. Right. Um, but I have had people and they like show up and they like post an emoji, like hearts, like just to, you know, they're like, oh I yeah, see. by the way, that's me. <laughs> I've seen a few times where like, I've seen a few times where it's like the eye emojis under the comments. I'm like, oh, it must be her. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I always love that though. Cause I'm like, yes, bitch, that's you. I love it. <laughs> that's great. That is dope. Um, Talk about your, 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 your family dynamic. Sure. So um, I'm married. Uh, we've been married for what, 10? No, we've been together for 10 years, probably married nine years. But um, I have two kids. So I have a little girl who is like, dude, it's like fighting <laughs> with a mini drunk version of me. Like <laughs> there's only room for one alpha female and that's me. So uh, but she's three and a half, and I I I love her. I'm obsessed with her. But I'm not kidding you, dude. Like my son, I would have five more of him over one more of her. <laughs> but my my son is nine, so um, nine year old, three and a half year old, thirty three ish husband, uh, and it's a fun full house. They're crazy though. They keep me busy. Um, but I think so. It's interesting actually, and I'll just like touch on this. So with my daughter, obviously I'm excited to teach her things and I'm intentional about the things that I speak to her about. Like we don't talk about body. We never say the word fat. We don't say ugly. Like 
I'm very intentional about the way that I talk about things with her, but you know, I have a son too and he matters and men, men have their own standards of society that I don't believe in. Right. So I have to balance focusing on raising a strong independent woman, but also raising a strong man who is kind and compassionate and it's just, I try to always catch myself not doing double standards, if that makes sense, right? Like, obviously, I'm here to support and empower women. And I think a lot of times as a feminist, men automatically just assume that I hate all men. And like, no, I don't. I hate the way that society has made men feel like they need to feel. But I know what it's like to be a woman. So a lot of times I'm focused on the female experience because that's what I have experience with. So I just think it's interesting because with my son being nine, you know, he's at that age where he's got school friends and he's doing sports now. And like, I don't know, it's, it's just an interesting stage of life for him, if that makes sense. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, we both got kids and we got girls and boys. So we understand the dynamics. Um, I mean, I'm in a crazy dynamic myself uh, with my kids because I got, well, I got seven kids, but, you know, they range from 17 to one. And my 14-year-old, <laughs> you know, my 14-year-old um, decided to come out, you know, that she's gay. So, you know, when you have that I in the household, you know, so you have it in the household and it it makes it, you know, difficult, but it's fine because, you know, the family, like, for our siblings and mom and dad, like nobody, you know, I'm not gonna say don't care, but it's not like, you know, oh, you can't be here if you're gonna be like, like, it's nothing like to that nature. So, you know, the hardest part is though, her, one of her little sisters, the nine year old, goes to a Christian school. So it's like, you know, even though they're different ages and they probably shouldn't as sisters, they're always going to talk and whatnot. So, you know, the little sister knew that her sister was gay before the sister told the parents. So it's like things you just got to be careful with, with situations and verbiage and whatnot, because, you know, of course she went to school and she called some little boy or girl lesbian and, and that's going to trigger in a Christian school versus a, you know what I'm saying? Just a regular County school. So like, I get what you're saying, like, how it's, it's different and he's coming to the age, but you're still, you know, empowering women, pro-women, but, you know, you still got to be mindful of him and in the, in the environment he's going to grow up in, but still want him to be considerate for, you know what I'm saying, the woman, too, and not kind of be what the standard has always been, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, It's I think that's, like, the thing that they don't warn you about with having kids, right? Like there's so many things like, Hey, get ready to never sleep again. And like, hope you like getting pooped on, but they don't warn you about the fact that you're pretty much responsible for what kind of human they turn into, you know, like at least to a certain extent. And, and then the other half of that is, Hey, the world is going to hold you responsible for what kind of human you raise. But also once they go out into the world with other humans, it's out of your control because you don't know who they're around, what they're talking about and teaching them. Yep. It's it's like, that's the biggest thing that they don't talk about. <laughs> the biggest <laughs> struggle. 
and it, and it is because it, it's a lot of influence going on outside of the home or whatnot. Like, no matter how much you try to influence, it's they're gonna have a greater influence outside of home just because it's who they they hang with, it's who they look up to, or who they they like. So it it definitely changes the perspective, you know. Yeah, and they have their free will, and I think we forget about that a lot of times, right? Definitely. Like they get to choose. We can lead them to water, but we can't make them choose what we want them to choose, you know? Right. It's, that's always going to be it. I'm going to go back to the business real quick because, you know, we, we talked about how it was a hobby and then you realized that it could be a business. Um, yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to run the risk of, of someone thinking that, oh, they made it sound easy and, you know, it's not going to be that easy. Talk about, you know, some of the struggles that that you've encountered and, and, and how you've overcome them. I love that. And, like, please just forgive me. I'm begging you to keep an open mind. But this is why I'm so, like, I am such a big advocate for doing the mental work because of course things are hard. There's always gonna be struggles, but the difference is, like I said earlier, when you find something you're passionate about, they don't feel like as big of struggles. So they feel like a little bit of a challenge, but like you're excited and you're eager to solve it. So I think that if you're feeling a lot of resistance in doing, you know, getting things set up or having a successful business, I think that you know, finding guidance, like I mentioned earlier, finding somebody that's doing what you want to do and is where you want to be as a mentor, you know, having that and knowing that you can do it is going to be a bigger thing than the, the bumps in the road that you get or the challenges that you face. So like, I mean, there's a lot of times where my biggest thing I think is the guilt as a mother, because I love my children, but I'm also really passionate about what I do. And part of me sort of figuring out who I am is that I need to have a purpose outside of the home, like in order to feel fulfilled. So I tried to stay at home mom life. And, you know, that's what women are supposed to do. You're supposed to want to cook dinners and clean and be the, you know, housewife. And like, I love that, but I need space. I need to go out into the world and contribute a different way in order for me to feel fulfilled. So I had to get over the guilt of that as a woman running a business. Um, because there's a lot of nights where like I go in, let's say I go, I drop my daughter off at nine. I go into the studio, 10, shoot. Uh, I'm done around 1.30. Sometimes I have an appointment at 1.30. And then by 2.30, I'm picking up my daughter, getting my son from the bus. And then sometimes 5.30, 6 o'clock, I'm going back to the studio. And I'm, you know, staying up till 2 a.m. So I don't do that all the time, but like there's a lot of times where I have to sacrifice time with my family in order to like, you know, for the bigger picture, I guess, of my business. So the balance of it, I think, is the hardest part that I struggle with. Do you do you see yourself hiring help later on or are you always going to be a one woman show? Um, ooh, it's such a hard one. I, <laughs> I will admit that I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I like to have, I like to be in control. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't think I'll ever, I've outsourced things that I feel like I can outsource, but as an artist, I think there's a lot of this that I can't give off to somebody else. Like 
for example, I always have a phone consultation with my clients and I hate like even saying it like this, but it's at a point where like, let's say if I, if it takes three weeks for you to get a, a call with me because I'm that booked out, do you want to wait three weeks to talk to me or do you want to talk to somebody else tomorrow? And I've asked my clients that question and they've all pretty much said they would rather wait three weeks to speak directly to me than talk to somebody else. So it's hard for me to outsource certain parts of my business because people come to me for my work because of how I style, you know, I pose you because of the way I edit. So like giving that to somebody else, it would be a little bit more difficult because yeah, hopefully that makes sense. It, well, no, it does. It does. I can, go ahead for it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it does. And, and the reason, you know, I think I was asking this because like, Maybe, you know, your signature poses, you could have, you know, somebody shoot, but you could always do the editing, you know, unless you specifically talked about doing a different style or different, you know, types of poses that may require more of you being there to actually physically see it and say, okay, no, I don't like this, but let's, you know, tweak it here however you have to and then have to edit it. But you know, if you have a certain package that comes with certain poses, I mean, I figured maybe you'd be able to outsource. The only reason I'm asking is because I, I have this theory that, you know, we bust our behinds early in our kids' earlier age so that we can be there, you know, kind of on autopilot when they're older and they need us more and they want us at the functions that matter more, you know, before they're off on their own. So I was just curious if you were ever get to that point for that reason yeah and i think that's such a great question and i think um you know without like knowing anything in depth with the industry there's a lot of photographers that will hire like an associate and they'll have multiple photographers for their studio but i think with me it just what works for me and my my brand if you will like i really love that intimacy that one-on-one -on -one attention that i get with my clients because i've sort of built that rapport right so it's like it they know that it's I'm not just taking pictures. I think a lot of people know at this point from following me that I'm way more interested and involved in just sort of making them feel incredible for a day. So, um, but the other thing I think that's interesting is that a lot of people will look at the fact that, oh, this is a studio with four different photographers. They must be really successful. But I think if you think about any situation in your life, more people, more problems. So the only thing I'm going to outsource are things that are going to save me time. And if I have more employees, essentially, yeah, I could make more money by having, you know, more work being done without me physically needing to be there. But then that that's me having to manage those people, having to teach those people, having to make sure that they're living up to the standard that I've set for my business. So like, sometimes, yeah, it's worth it. But also, I think sometimes having multiple people to take care of is just you sort of babysitting because if somebody doesn't show up guess who has to show up for them <laughs> and, and, but like also at the end of the day you know i, I think that no one's going to be you yeah it's it's like a it's like a, a a recipe to show my greedy side for a minute you know you get that that you know some your grandma can give the recipe to make you know her famous sweet potato pie or peach cobbler or whatever it is to each one of her children each one of her grandchildren Everybody can know how to make it. Everybody can make a good one. 
can't nobody make it like grandma can. Yes. Yeah. That's a perfect one. Um, Yeah. I can always bring it back to food. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, can I add one more thing? Because I think one thing I didn't touch on that you mentioned, which is such a great point is the fact of, you know, the balancing between spending the time with my children while they're little um, and working too much. So I do feel like I have a pretty decent balance as far as like there are days where like I have an assistant who will help me with texting and leads and stuff. And, you know, it, it's, I think I, oh my gosh, the amount of inquiries that we get on our website, it just skyrocketed. So I have somebody that helps me sort of set up that initial contact with them, right? Um, so there are days where I put my phone down like all weekend, not touching it. You know, I have my work phone different. So I make sure that this is another really good piece of advice if anybody is still interested in hearing business advice. It is whatever you're doing, give it 100% of your attention. So if you're spending time with your kids, 100% of your focus should be on your kids, not 50 on your kids, 50 on your phone because you're answering a work email. Like that's one of my favorite pieces of, of advice that my business coach has given me. Dedicate that time and 100% put your attention to it until you're done with that. That's good right there. That's great advice there. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier said than done, but that's why I said like hopping on social media, like a lot of times I'm only on there to do something business related and then I'm on my way. So you, you just have to work on new habits. Habits are, they're hard to form, but once you do it, they're really powerful. What's your... If you had to say, this is, how do I want to put this? If there's one message that you could just give to anybody that that's listening to this, that's listening to you, what do you want people um, to take away from you? I think that mm, one, seriously, you're going to make me do one. No, you can do 38. It's all good. Did I I not text you and tell you that you and I will need at least five different episodes? Like, I think this is the the least amount I've heard you talk. So if I can make you not not have input, then I must be talking a lot. Um, No, okay. Here's my message. If I had to just ring it into one thing, the thing that I realized in my own situation, in my own experience, is that you it's so important for you to live authentically as yourself with good intentions, right? So if you wake up every day and you've got good intentions, just do it, do the thing. Like change is is weird, change is scary, but follow your intuition, do what feels right for you, even if it's intimidating, right? Like I don't, I don't know if like it was intimidating for you guys to start doing podcasts and like actually posting it and sharing it. Like I don't know if you had any thoughts about it or if you've ever done anything else in your life, but just if you can just take that one little leap, you're you can you can make it. You can keep doing things like that. I'm sorry, I started laughing because Fred was ready to get on my head as soon as you said that. I ain't gonna bother you, man. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna let you be great, you know. Hey, you my dog. <laughs> but yeah, nah, I mean. Some people, like I said, some people are different from others. You know, some people is like, you know, you ain't in no worse shape before. You know what I'm saying? You do it, then after you do it, 
Because, I mean, it could blow up and be great, or it could suck. But, you know what I'm saying? If it it sucks, nine times out of ten, you're going to learn something, you're going to move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's it. But see, on the other hand, you got some people that's like, well, you know, I got to just keep preparing and, you know, trying to get this little bit. And this is like, what you waiting for? Yep. Just go. Jump. Yep. Do it. (laughs) And send, publish, go. You can't, if you're waiting, that's the same thing with clients that come in. They're like, oh, I just want to lose five more pounds. If you keep putting this off, putting this off, putting this off, when are you going to do it? Right? It's the same thing with anything in life. You just do it. Do it before you're ready. Nobody's ready to have kids. We all just do it. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. You do it and then you figure shit out, right? It's usually afterwards. But I mean, I mean, that's how it should be, you know, but it's, I mean, it's like you said, it's easier said than done, but like I said, some people are just different, you know, from others and not scared to take that leap. Um, they're not scared of rejection. I, I think a lot of times it's because we always look for validation before we do something, you know, like we try to make little post to see how many of our friends is going to like and back us up before we, okay, yeah, I can do it. When nine times out of 10, they ain't even going to be the one to support you anyway. So what does it matter? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so you might as well take a, take a chance because if you waiting on them to, to tell you that you ready, you, you'll never be ready. Yeah. And everybody has failures. Everybody has things that don't go as planned. I don't care who you are, how successful you are. Everybody has things that happen to them and it it just is what it is. So you get to decide how you let it make you feel. You get to decide how you react, you know, not how you respond or, you know, it's like that immediate, like you get to figure out what you do from that. So at the end of the day, if you can take accountability and be like, that didn't go as I planned, what can I do different next time? You know, or it, it is, but if you don't like where you're at now, you can't do the same thing over and over again and expect things to change. So I feel like that's something that is like a small message that you can use to really comprehend. Like you're afraid of trying this thing, but you hate where you're at. Well, is anything going to change if you continue to do what you've always been doing? Probably not, right? That's a bar. <laughs> so, Andrew, why don't you tell our listeners where they can see your work and how they can find you and follow you and add to your fifty your fifty k plus? <laughs> yeah, baby, we're getting close to fifty nine thousand. You better head over there real quick. <laughs> They're gonna shut me off at sixty. No, I'm just kidding. It's really okay. So yeah, it's boudoir by Andrea Witt. No H in there. It's just W-I-T-T. Everybody loves to throw it H.com. And then all of my uh, social media handles are Boudoir by Andrea Witt. So that's it, baby. You can find me at all those. I love Instagram the most because I'm a photographer, so you can see all the pictures. TikTok is usually fun, but they shut me down every time I try to share my work. So I usually just do silly things to send people over to my Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Twitter might be better. Twitter don't seem to kick you off for nothing. I can't Twitter. <laughs> I, can't, no... I can't figure it out. I don't know how to Twitter. I didn't say no try to talk to anybody. I just said to share your stuff. They're going to comment and retweet. That's all you need. <laughs> so I will definitely have all of that listed in the show notes. Um, 
follow Andrew. Look at her work. She's amazing at what she does. And um, if you're interested, hit her up. She's in Cleveland. Uh, they got an airport nearby, so you can get out there however you need to get out there, no matter where you are. And um, definitely appreciate your time, you coming on and sharing your story and, and, and you know, being our first episode of this series as well. Yeah, um, thank you. I can't wait to hear what else you uh, have. I'm excited. This is, uh, I think this is going to be a, a fun month that we have here. And um, so keep listening to the show. Keep following us. Uh, the show is What's Happening, The Way It's Filling on Your Phone. Hit us on all socials. You can follow Fred. It's, you know, I keep saying Mr. Humble underscore beginnings. That's just your Instagram name. I think you something different on Twitter and whatever. Just find Fred wherever you can find him. He's like, where's Waldo? I don't. <laughs> I just on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to give you a little hell, man. It's and then you can good. follow me at Archbishop Swag. But um, if you like what we do, uh, leave us a five-star rating in your podcast app. Uh, share us out. Let a friend know about us. Tell a bunch of friends about us. Follow us. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us. And we will see you next week. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Peace.